C.S. Lewis said, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If you have sensed this same thing, you may know something of what it is to be a pilgrim. Recently, Heather Creed sat down with Jeff Hatton to talk about what it means for the church to be a pilgrim people. That is, what it means for all of us to have been made for another world. Thanks for listening. This is Heather Creed. I'm here with Pastor Jeff Hatton. We're discussing our vision, Redeemer's vision, and our core convictions. And today we are discussing pilgrim people. So tell us, what does it mean to be pilgrim people? What does that concept, that phrase mean? Pilgrim people, first other than having a nice sound to it, pilgrim people is uh, encapsulating uh, the reality of the Christian now uh, living in this present world uh, and yet still ultimately looking forward and hoping in a world to come. So it's, it's historically and theologically words like your citizenship is in heaven uh, we're ambassadors, representatives here on earth of another kingdom and another country. Uh, but I think the word pilgrim uh, really encapsulates even what uh, the scriptures that talk about in terms of we're aliens, we're uh, in exile, we're wanderers in this life because our ultimate home is yet to be. Our ultimate home uh, we look and live and hope forward to. So home is not here on earth, ultimately for the Christian. Home uh, is with God and his people in his place in the new heavens and the new earth and the recreation of the world. So uh, that, that incredible picture, incredible truth, and incredible reality uh, is powerful and transformative for us. I think we need to kind of recapture the pilgrim people mindset because it seems that we struggle, as we all do, to put our ultimate hope and life and identity and comfort uh, not on God and his and our home to come, uh, but in things now. And we fix our heart on things that do not last and things that do not ultimately satisfy and do not give us our sense of self and who we are. Uh, and it's very uh, disintegrating and destructive to us when we do that. Um, so pilgrim people encapsulates a lot. It encapsulates a relationship with God here, and yet the final and full experience and fulfillment of that relationship uh, to come in heaven. So it's uh, been called the here and not yet. We've got our feet here and we've got our heart rooted somewhere else. So if we are wrongly finding value in the here and now, should we separate ourselves from the current culture? Should we just completely gear everything toward a heaven focus and, and disregard the here and now aspect of it? That's a great question. And they're, they're, there seem to be two responses that God's people in the church have had to wrestling through a relationship with God now, having the, the inbreaking of that otherworldly kingdom now, but not finally and fully, 
and then how do we how do we live our life here? How do we interact with the culture and how do we engage with vocation and work and family and all the things that we you know we're still here? Uh, well, there's a tendency, and I think they're kind of two extremes. One of the tendencies is to separate separate ourselves from the world, kind of circle the wagons mentality, maybe a holy huddle. Uh, try to, you know, one of the movies that kind of picture that is what movie was that? The village, the village, the present day village kind of, kind of took that mindset. And what was the, the problem with the village and the problem with that separatistic isolation mindset is we take ourselves with us. And so sin lives in us and we take it with us. Uh, and then there's kind of the other side. It's you, you're kind of culturally cold and you're circle in the wagons and separatistic and then on the other side you're more compromising and uh, the world's well of value and ultimate life and happiness and comfort and identity becomes the church's well we drink from the same place and so there's there is no distinction our hopes and our uh, the direction of our affections and our hearts are in the same place that the world's at uh, and so we know that those two extremes are not it. So is it, is it just about balance? No, it's not about balance, but it's, a, it's about rooting and establishing, building your life and your identity around the grace of God, who Jesus is and what he's done, and being rooted here that way to be outward engaging now in people and in the culture. Uh, knowing that that God as creator uh, has created all of this for us, for the unbeliever and the believer to enjoy, and for the believer to put on now God on display, his grace and his mercy and this otherworldly kingdom on display as a lawyer, as a banker, as a mother and a father. Uh, So there's an infusion of meaning now uh, in what we do not a separate separating separating ourselves to try to create some sort of heaven on earth uh, or to kind of blend the two kingdoms together so there's no distinction anymore. But is there an aspect of kind of spinning our wheels if we're seeking to invest in this culture that's temporary? Yeah, that's a very good question. There, I think the way to, to think about it is in terms of uh, the Christian is a pilgrim person where his ultimate and her ultimate worship and heart directions and affections and love and what the person's building their life around is that real, personal, uh, gracious relationship with God uh, and being a representative of God and his grace and his good news uh, in this world's realm. I think the quickest answer is this. If if God designed it so that uh, if God, the moment that he justified us and made us his people, uh, if, if he wanted to, we could have immediately been transported into heaven. So the short answer is we're still here, even though he's broken into our lives and revealed himself to us and brought us into a relationship with him and is in the process of kind of putting us back together as his image bearers. Uh, But he left us here. And so that tells us by being left here, there's still an intent or a divine purpose 
or something we're supposed to be living for here. And I think uh, what that is, again, is glorifying God, those words we use all the time, but even more specifically, reflecting him and putting him on display uh, is very real and genuine and important here. Uh, Recognizing, though, that ultimately our home is yet to be. So if we do truly understand this concept of pilgrim people, what difference does it make? in in the way that we live our life well let's put it this way let's say if someone's building their life around um i heard someone put it this way in fact uh, tim keller up in new york puts it this way he said that if someone builds their life around being a mom then that's all they are is a mom and what happens when they're not a mom anymore or what happens with what they built their life around their sense of self and becoming who they are, their identity, their ultimate life and security and happiness is being a good mom. What happens if their child's assessment is you're not a good mom? They disintegrate. You lose yourself. You become undone. Now, we we can supply any number of identities that people run after, and the Scripture calls that worship, and the Scripture calls that our what we make our God and our Savior. We make it functionally our God and our Savior. And it could be career success, and it could be anything from uh, a love relationship to being the, the jokester at school to whatever these identity tags that we run for. If we build our lives around them, if we're successful, uh, there's a sense and a fleeting sense of satisfaction and happiness. But if we really pay attention to it, that um, identity is never satisfied. It's always needing more. It's always demanding more. And then if you fail that identity, let's say you do fail. Let's say you do get rejected. Let's say your love relationship does break up. Let's say that you do not perform according to your expectations or someone else's expectations in your job. Uh, Those identities punish you. They tear you apart. So I think even practically, That being a pilgrim person is having your life and your heart and who you are actually revolving and built around a relationship with God and his love for you and his grace towards you and the fact that he made you to be a copy of him and wherever he placed you. And so your identity is found in him. Now you go in because you're still here as a mother or a father, as a lawyer or a coach or as a teacher, now you go into your vocation uh, with your life built around ultimately the grace of God, you're now a free person. You're free to do your best in your field. You're free to excel. I've had several conversations with, uh, with some of my kids. I think I've had this conversation with every one of my kids where I would talk about how I wish I could go back and play sports again with my identity growing and being built around the grace of God. And they're always like, why, Daddy, why? And I said, because I'd be free. I'd be free to do my best. The coach's opinion and his comments might hurt or make me happy, but they wouldn't define me. I'm free to excel. I'm free to enjoy the sport for its own sake. 
I'm not living for the applause or the attention or the acclaim of people or how well I succeed or afraid paralyzingly of failing. Uh, freedom. So Christ sets us free. So I think in a very, what, what more, uh, what more putting on display the kingdom to come than to be free to love others, be yourself, do your best, enjoy things for their own sake, uh, and put on the values of a kingdom that's coming in the here and now, ultimate mm-hmm. purpose in life. Embracing a gutsy grace. Yes, yes, yes. A gutsy grace is true because I think we need to honestly assess that this world is not home for the Christian. And in talking with those that do not know Jesus, they intuitively know that this world's not right. I mean, all we have to do is look at the newscasts and the every political season, the politicians are telling us this world is not right, and they're here to fix it. So we know that the world, in a sense, uh, is in, it's twisted, and it's, it's turned upside down and very uh, painfully, uh, very painful areas in terms of human relationships, in terms of justice and governments and the way we treat each other. And so the gutsy grace comes in where we have a real biblical realism and that what we see in this world is uh, sin and its miserable effects. That's that the world's a messy place because sin has entered into this world. Uh, and so we're messy. Relationships are messy. Lives are messy. Places are messy. And so we uh, come into a messy place with a, with an expectation that we always are going to be stepping in a mess, but we come with hope because we come with the intrusion of another world. We come with a God that's broken in by giving his own son and by making us alive to his son by his spirit. And so now we're, again, we're pilgrim people. We walk in this mess and we walk in this world, but we walk with hope. And we walk with hope that one day this world will be made new and that there'll be a new heavens and a new earth and a new kingdom. And we know that's true because Jesus rose from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, there is no hope and there is no ultimate home to go to. But we know he did rise from the dead and he has prepared a place and that place is coming. That's home. Thanks again for listening, and if you'd like more information about Redeemer Presbyterian Church's vision or our core convictions, don't hesitate to call us, 254-776-7292, or you can send us an email, mail at redeemerwaco.org. 